Greetings and salutations. Hi. Do not adjust your audio. We are back. Yeah, we're back. Um, sorry for the. Yeah, you delay. can blame you can blame me if you want. It's fine. Everybody no. else does. It's okay. <laughs> no, I've actually kind of blamed myself. And you shouldn't, honestly. I no. mean, everybody understands medical conditions are medical conditions. Even though some people may be inconsiderate, not realizing that even the people who may not look like they have a disability, oh, she wasn't in a wheelchair. Well, she's still disabled, asshole. Pure point blank and simple. Yeah. So I mean, I'll. Basically, I have a condition called trigeminal neuralgia, mm. and what it does is it causes an ungodly amount of pain. It is essentially, consider the absolute worst pain imaginable, and magnify that by an by just by like 10. Yeah, so the on an average day, I operate probably around 4 or 5. On the pain scale, and on bad days. Considering your, you know, this is kind of giving away just a little bit of HIPAA, but in regards to everything that's been going on with your foot, the, your feet, you've mentioned this before on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You have become good at masking your pain, so that I mm-hmm. sometimes have to ask you. But what's interesting is the fact that I will actually hear you in pain, and considering you conceal your pain, this is an alarm bell for me. Yeah, and so most of the time I have issues with um, weird tingling, burning in the mouth, mm. my teeth hurt. You even described electro shocks yeah, so, but to that's, your face. But that's not most of the time. So bad days, when mm-hmm. bad days happen... It feels like my face has been struck by a bolt of lightning. Yeesh. 1.21 gigawatts. And it's... That's what it feels like. That's the only thing that I can describe it. Mm -hmm. Either that or being electrocuted. And it's horrible. And there was one time where the pain was so bad that it almost caused me to collapse. Yeah. Um, what I think is interesting is the fact that during the warmer months, mm-hmm. um, possibly from May leading up to maybe September. September, October. Yeah. It doesn't trouble you as much. Mm-mm. It's the colder months. Yeah. The colder months and like cold weather, when that hits my face, it mm-hmm. feels like a searing white hot poker has been shoved into the roof of my mouth. Yeah, it's time to cuddle up in the blanket, put on some Netflix, watch Call the Midwife. Yeah, pretty much. That's what we've been doing. <laughs> what she's been doing. I've been yeah. on my phone going, oh, look, another baby's been born. Let's go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the downside about it is when you have a podcast and you have unyielding face pain, the mm-hmm. last thing you want to do is talk. Is talk, especially when you've been at work and mm-hmm. you've been working yeah. 40 to 50 hours a week, like right. what I've been doing, or yeah. I've been on call. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to do is talk on a microphone. Yeah. So and you're not actually technically talking on the microphone. No. You're talking near, near a microphone. Near one, but recording myself and trying to get all of that all perfect. All your thoughts out. Yeah. yeah, and not stumble over my words and... Well, I do that all the time. I know, but when I do it, it hurts. Mm. So I don't want to do that. So that's why I've been 
That's why we've been away. Yeah, we, we've been away because of that. And we greatly appreciate your patience. Yeah, and what, I think what we're going to try and do is do some batch recording and record. Yeah. Record a lot when I'm feeling good. That mm-hmm. way you guys aren't waiting Deprived, yeah. for episodes from us. Yeah. So just while we get used to this yeah. new thing, yeah. just be patient with us we're trying our best to get things done and yeah we're trying to improvise modify adapt overcome yep and also trying to basically live our normal lives and work and focus on things well, correct um, me if i'm wrong but next week there's nothing normal no nothing is normal about next week yeah we're gonna be in Florida next mm-hmm. week. This is the equivalent of vacation, which when you show dogs, there really isn't much of a vacation. It's essentially going to show dogs on your time off, basically. Yeah, um, but we're still gonna be in a warmer place and yeah, not be at work, which is always beneficial. Yeah, we're gonna be at uh, AKC National Championship. Mm-hmm. We're going for open shows leading up to it to show our Hamiltons. We're also going to have Celine compete at the uh, Dock Diving Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also going to be there doing some education spots at Meet the Breeds. Yeah, we're for... at the Meet the Breeds booth with the Hamilton Stovar. So if yeah. you wish to actually see the dogs we're talking yeah. about, by all means, stop on by. Definitely stop by. We're going to be there Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. at our booth, yep. at our booth, just hanging out with our dogs. And this we'll have is, trading cards, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we'll, we'll have, have trading, trading cards. cards for Celine. Yeah. Um, if yeah, you want to um, just chat with us, hang out, Meet the Breeds is one of those wonderful events where you can see all of these breeds that you want to, talk mm-hmm. to people. Um, talk to those that you want to know what it's like to live with these dogs day in, day out. Right, because chances are any particular breed, be it actually officially recognized or an FSS, Mm -hmm. um, these are essentially people who know these dogs in and out, sometimes in more ways than one. Yep. But still, it is always a good idea if you want to, or if you're looking to actually own a dog, yeah. Um, and you have a specific breed in mind, come on down, talk to the individual. It doesn't have to be us. No. It could be anybody that goes yeah. to meet the breeds. Yeah, and, and there's pretty much every single breed that you can think of that's either fully recognized by the AKC or on the road to be recognized. To be honest, we welcome anybody to come, mm-hmm. um, mostly because it's like the one time, aside from when we go to, like, say... A dog park where other people tire out our dogs. Yeah, and it's it's great. And this event basically has everything that you could ever want to see at a show. Mm-hmm. There, there's I want to say rally obedience. There, there's yep. regular obedience. There's yep. agility. Yep. There's dock diving. Yep. There's meet the breeds, and there's confirmation yeah. all in one spot. And all it, accessible through AKC TV. Yeah, that too. <laughs> AKC TV will be broadcasting. Um, I want to say it starts next Tuesday, so a week from tomorrow. We mm-hmm. will not be going on Tuesday. Hell no. No, because we are going to be traveling on Tuesday. 
And she says traveling. I'm essentially going to be driving and packing the vehicle. Ashley's going to go. No, you need to get in the left lane. You need to get in the left lane. You need to get over there. You're well, going the wrong way. Well, I mean, thankfully, <laughs> I just checked the weather forecast earlier today, and oh, um, God, do not talk to me about weather. Oh. As of right now, there is no forecast for snow, so we will not have a repeat of last year. Thank fucking God and whatever deity you worship. I'll even thank Thor if needs be, because honestly, last year sucked getting out of Virginia. Yeah, and getting through North Carolina. Which, by the way, North Carolina, what the fuck? Do better. Seriously, you can do better, North Carolina. I mean, I know you don't want to get stopped by a cop in North Carolina, true, but at the same time, salt your roads. Seriously, the line from Virginia to North Carolina can be distinguished by the fact that we're dealing with no snow, no snow, no snow, cross the line, snow, on the road. I had to follow a big rig to get through there. If my voice has been raised, it's because I'm traumatized. Yeah, so, um, the top, well, also, we kind of want to give a little bit of a brief overview of other things that have been going on. Um, if you follow us on Facebook, thank you so much, but that also (laughs) means you've seen our new arrival. Ah, Jonesy. And it's little Miss Jones. Yeah. She is 12 weeks old today. Oh, wow. And she is a German Shepherd. We are doing puppy raising. I'm 12 months old? 12 weeks old. 12, okay. All right. No, man. And we're doing puppy raising mm-hmm. for six months. And you probably have seen the post about her being our temporary dog. Yeah, that was that was a fun post. Let me tell you, <laughs> she's temporary because we are doing puppy raising. Not to For mention her- the fact that Ashley has trained at least two and is working on her third Hamilton Stovar service dog. Yep. So honestly, I couldn't think of anybody better. Yeah, and so we're training her with the hopes of being a service dog. Mm-hmm. However. When you are training a service dog, there is a possibility that the dog may not go forward to be a service dog. So what the breeder has done has sent out several different prospects out to be raised so that at least one of them could be a service dog for her. She's looking to cultivate multiple options to create multiple opportunities. Just in case something falls through. However, if something falls through, Jones has a permanent home. It is already lined up. So that pretty much alleviates any pressure you might feel in regards yeah. to training her, doesn't it? Yeah. I have. It's zero pressure. All it is is just making sure that she has the best chance possible to be the best and most well-rounded dog that I possibly can make of her. And she is a clever woman. Yeah. And she's the breeder has done this beautifully. I mm. couldn't have asked for anything better. And it's basically what if any breeder needs a service dog, this is kind of the road that you need to follow. It's very clever. And she's doing it purposefully because she needs a service dog. Yeah. Her primary service dog, which is the sire of Jones. Right. Passed away about three years ago, and she collected semen from him, froze it. See, this is the part that I find amazing. How, yeah. how long has that dog not been with us? Three years. Three so, years, and she preserved mm-hmm. what was... She collected him probably two or three years before he passed, so it's mm-hmm. probably been on the on ice 
for at least five years, and there were ten puppies produced in that litter. Nine survived. Um, Jones, she was the puppy that was stuck and was coming in sideways. It was coming out sideways. So the fact that she's alive is amazing. Very fortunate. And she's been an amazing puppy. I have to admit, I have not encountered, save maybe Henry. Henry was very affectionate and definitely wanted to hang with his people. But Jones, for some reason, I've discovered that in the morning I've had to modify how I go out. Because normally I shove them outside, they do their thing, they come back in. They don't need me. Yeah. Jones will look at me and say, what are you doing inside? I stay with you. I have to physically step outside Mm-hmm. In order for her to be able to do the same thing. She is definitely companion-oriented. Yeah, she Which loves- is a very good thing. And when we take her out to places, she looks to people as a source of comfort. And, mm-hmm. a, and a really amazing thing happens is no matter what the age of the person, she wants to come up to them and say, Hi, how you doing? She's definitely Give more cuddles. people-oriented than yeah. dog-oriented, yeah. for certain. And... Yes, she is our first German Shepherd. She's our German Shepherd road test. Considering someone actually wants a German Shepherd. Badly. <laughs> and hint, so hint, she, hint, hint, hint. She's a nice road test right. to get me used to what it's like to have a herding dog and mm. what it's like to have a German Shepherd in the house. And quite frankly, it's perfect. It's, it's amazing. To give you an idea... Um, it, what she is... Well, I don't think that'll really work because they don't know what our dogs look like, really. Well, she is about penny-sized, but mostly Kemper-sized. But Kemper's a bit of a dick, so... And she's growing yeah. fastly. But her and Penny are just, like, fast friends. Oh, yeah. And then we had um, Jones and Raven outside tonight. Oh, I've, I've had Jones and Raven out multiple times. And it's just adorable to see those two play with each other and have a great time and... It's a lot of fun to see Jones interacting with other dogs, interacting with people, learning mm-hmm. new skills, learning yeah. new things. It didn't exactly go well with Sam and Anderson, though. No, but I mean, Anderson isn't the be- isn't overly social to begin with, so there's that. Um, oh, and, that, was, that was on Friendsgiving. Yeah, that was Friendsgiving, our... You know, if you're in the U.S., I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Happy holidays um, to all. We had a nice, calm, easygoing Thanksgiving, which is perfect. Yeah, we also had something unprecedented. Um, Ashley's mom came by. Yep. And it has been actually a record that when we play the game Cards Against Humanity, which, by the way, this is not an endorsement by any stretch. So please endorse us. <laughs> Love their packs. Um... She wipes the floor with us. Oh, and yeah. How old, how old is your mother? I don't think she wants me to say that on the podcast. Well, do you want me to at least indicate an idea or a range? But, okay. She right. is in her 60s. Right. She Okay, fair enough. Um, and she wipes the floor with us. I think my favorite card was the one in regards to the Blue Man group that she played once. Getting gang-banged by the Blue Man group. Okay, I guess we're going to say it. Anyway. Yeah, and her, getting little, to the point. her little innocent southern thing of... Oh, that was me. I know. Just like, what's even funnier is when we actually are trying to figure out who it is that played that card, we go, all right, who's getting gangbanged by the Blue Man group? That was me. Um, But anyway, the point, her record has stood, Mm -hmm. you know, untested, untested for years since we got the game until Friendsgiving. 
Sam won. Yep. She beat Ashley's mother. So props to her. Yeah. She is currently the champion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Until that, she gets kinda... dethroned. I don't know when that's gonna happen. Um Queen Sam. So another thing is Jones is gonna have her show debut. I mean she's not I don't really think you want to consider it to be a show debut. I mean, she's just... It's, she's going to have fun at it's just show. Gonna, yeah, she's just going to... I mean, is this this weekend you're talking about? Yeah, she's going... The beginning of our uh, vacation weekend? Yeah, week, she's, she's whatever. going to be shown at a puppy match. I'm going to show her, and it's going to be fun. And... I'm going to be dressed comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, so am I, because it's yeah. not going to happen until like, it's, later on it's, in the day. It's the UKC, so... Yeah. Yeah, we can, we can afford to do that. It's the AKC. We're going to dress up. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that kind of fills in all the gaps, so to speak. So let's get into our topic. Oh, pardon me. Our topic for this raw tidbit. I still love that name. Yeah. It's such a funny name. Yeah, what's funny is the kids got raw tonight. Yeah, they did. And Jones, I, um, on a whim, gave her, um, what were those... Turkey neck? Are they turkey necks? Mm-hmm. I gave um, her a turkey neck, and I'm pretty sure if you check drop cam right now, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. She ate the whole thing, so props to her. So, the topic for tonight, or today, whenever you're listening to it. <laughs> the topic for today's episode, there, make it nice and easy for everybody. Is the notion of... Dogs as fashion statements, and why it shouldn't happen, and all of that, and the thing is, we are not advocates of obtaining a dog for a birthday present Mm -mm. or Christmas present. Why? Because a dog is for that dog's lifetime. It is not a present that can be discarded or left out. Or abandoned or what have you and under that same notion we are not for dogs being used as fashion accessories because it tends to fall down that path hmm. um, that as, as fashions and trends tend to change, yeah, change so too will your interests in yeah. the fashion accessory animal so or dog in this case the big thing that happened probably late 90s early 2000s was the rise to fame and popularity were the pocket dogs so you realize i've got legally blonde right now in my head pretty much so legally blonde started um with bruiser woods being in the purse (laughs) that and like paris hilton on the runway with or on the red carpet with her chihuahua in her hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, Same could be said if you go further back with the Dog D, Dog D Bordeaux. Not necessarily. With, with Turner and Hooch. So Dog D Bordeaux for Turner and Hooch, that did more to advance the breed as a whole. Hmm. But the breed club and those with Dog D Bordeaux did a wonderful job to make sure that they're like, whoa, hang on. Turner and Hooch is actually an accurate description of what your house will look like if you were to get a dog de Bordeaux. So they didn't have a skyrocket to fame right. for years until after, like probably 15 years after that movie came out. So 
Sinbad, the comedian, mm-hmm. made a joke in regards to how there was an ups, ups, like a rise mm-hmm. in um, individuals wanting to get Rottweilers after seeing the film The Omen. Because they were apparently in that particular film. So that just yeah, jumped I mean, in my mind there. It, it does happen where if you have a purebred dog and a film, the natural inclination is for people to see that breed and go, Oh my God, I love that breed. Happened with 101 Dalmatians, too. What was that? There was another movie. Not not the Winn-Dixie one. but Oh yeah, that did happen. It was Winn-Dixie, but it was another one, I think, in regards to a German Shepherd. Uh, it was like a military th- type thing, I think. Are you talking recently? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. I'm not talking so, about that Dennis Quaid movie about you know life of a dog or whatever. No, there was about. one that had a Belgian Malinois in it. Yeah. And um, the, the whole thing is, if you're looking at films and breeds in films, you have to understand that the majority of them are very well trained. They're, they're like the actors on the screen, essentially. Mm-hmm. They are groomed mm-hmm. to portray a part. Exactly. So, while Turner and Hooch is a great depiction of what Doug de Bordeaux's are like at home... This is not your area. Yeah, this is not your room. <laughs> um, with 101 Dalmatians, a lot of people just saw cute puppy with spots, let me get one. Mm. And the problem came when people didn't realize that Dalmatians were born to run and need to be with people that have high energy. Otherwise, they will destroy your house. Jake. Mm-hmm. My dog. Um, well, I guess you can call him my dog. But yeah, he was very high energy. He was a very good boy, but had heart issues, which is what they don't tell you in regards mm-hmm. to Dalmatians. Well, and, and Dals also have hearing issues. Mm-hmm. It is a common problem with the breed. And so people were getting Dalmatian puppies left, right, and center. And all of a sudden... People are getting pissed off that the dogs that they're getting from unscrupulous breeders or pet stores are deaf. Well, mm. that just comes with the territory of Dalmatians. Is It's a problem within the breed. If you were to go to a responsible breeder, yeah. they health test and do bear hearing tests to make sure of that. However, I want to get more into the fashion side of it mm. and this whole notion of social media playing a role too Mm. so with the whole with the toy dog rise happened in the late 90s and kind of hit its peak mid 2000s ish and was on its way down it's still pretty high yeah um but it's not that popular anymore And part of it has to do with this idea of people wanting teacup. Mm. And teacup is not a breed. It is not a size. If you see anybody selling a teacup breed, run as fast as you can. (laughs) Um, Because usually it's people who are breeding these dogs as small as possible. And they're not healthy. Mm. They take a lot of work, and most of them have developmental issues. Hmm. And they are breeding runts to runts to runts to runts to runts, which is, while some runts can be perfectly healthy, yeah, in other cases they're not. They can have issues where 
Um, they can have a fontanelle in their head where their brain is exposed. Oh my god. Not exposed, exposed. Huh. It's So not skin... exposed to the elements. No, not exposed to the elements. The skin is covering it. Oh. But it's a hole in the skull that never closes. So they can have issues and have brain damage inherently in there and as the skull grows the brain may not or the brain grows too much and yikes yeah so there can be a lot of issues and that happened a lot with the toy breeds so chihuahuas pomeranians yorkshire terriers those were the big three that tended to just explode Mm. in terms of popularity and what makes things interesting is these toy breeds when they the skyrocket to fame and popularity happened what people didn't understand is these breeds mature faster they live longer but they have smaller litters just Mm -hmm. the way that the body is designed you're not going to see a chihuahua having eight to nine puppies more than likely you're gonna see two to three maybe four yeah five is kind of pushing it yeah and when you're dealing with these small breeds you're also having to deal with if you've got a singleton puppy like there's only one puppy in the uterus the puppy can grow too big so you're gonna have to have a c-section and all of those things come into play so people were breeding these dogs as fast as they possibly could, not doing health testing, not doing any titles, not doing anything with them. So it, it just got really bad really quickly. And the popularity just... Dwindled? No, it just exploded. And it's oh. still pretty bad with Yorkshire Terriers and, and Chihuahuas where the popularity is just now starting to come back to normal levels Mm -hmm. of people realizing chihuahuas do have temperament issues. They are not the best with kids. A lot of these little dogs have short man syndrome and think they're bigger than they really are and have aggression issues and can bite children pretty badly. Yeah. So a lot of people now are realizing that, you know, maybe having a little dog with small kids is not the best. Mm-hmm. And so the popularity is getting down to where it needs to be. But that also means that right during that time is when social media took off. Oh, okay. Facebook came out. Twitter came out. And then Instagram. Mm-hmm. And you've got this rise and also the meme culture where you get this rise of breeds and people thinking that certain breeds are cute and adorable and you just have it's it's to the point where every couple of years there's a new it breed. Right. Um the first one was probably Shiba Inus mm-hmm. and everybody and their mama wanted a Shiba Inu. Didn't the uh, usually isn't it also usually associated with like a new presidency that there's like an upsurge in a dog depending? It depends, but it's not as bad. It hasn't been as bad, mainly because the Portuguese Water Dog Club of America mm-hmm. reined that in big time. <laughs> they were very, very, very smart about it. But in many cases, yes, when Clinton got a Labrador, popularity of Labradors shot through the roof. <laughs> when Bush had Scottish Terriers or... We're talking W, not... Uh, w Her- and Herbert Walker. So okay. Herbert Walker had English Springers. Yeah. 
And the popularity of those kind of... There was an upsurge, yeah. Um, in many cases, golden retrievers, the reason why they became more popular was because of a president. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it can happen. It's been known to happen. It, yeah, basically. it's been known to happen, but it's not as bad as social media. So, Shiba Inu started it off primarily with a meme of a Shiba just looking kind of quizzical. Mm-hmm. And everybody wanted a Shiba Inu. So much so, there's Shiba Inu, like, emojis. You can find images of them like crazy. You can find, like, stickers of them on Facebook and all this stuff. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And what people didn't realize is that Shiba Inus are (laughs) cray-cray. In many respects, they take the right kind of person... Mm -hmm. To have them because they're kind of like, if you were to imagine a hound mm-hmm. temperament mm-hmm. with that prey drive. Right. The terrier stubbornness Oy. and feistiness with an Akita bravado. Ugh. That's a Shiba Inu. Ugh. So it takes just the right kind of person to be able to have one. Not everyone needs to have a Shiba Inu. And we say this often yeah. on the show, and we're just going to say it again, and we're going to say it again until mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't do this anymore. Do your homework. Work. Do your research. Look into it. Research it. Mm-hmm. Go to Meet the Breeds, maybe. Yes. And so Shibas were the it breed for a little bit. Um, Siberian Huskies had a bit of a surge too um and and the problem with siberian huskies is again cray cray yeah they are not for everyone they have Mm -mm. super high energy yeah super high prey drive in many cases are not very dog friendly yeah and are known escape artists oh god yeah and ideally the best person to have a siberian husky seen it happen once and I about pulled off on the side of the road, and I was like, oh my god, holy hell, it's someone that deserves to have a Siberian Husky. was a guy, he looked, he had a um, shirt on saying that he was training for a marathon, mm-hmm. and had a Siberian Husky running alongside of him. Mm. That's the right person for a Siberian Husky, because they want highly to Highly active, very highly energetic. Highly active, want to run all day long, mm. and that's the type, that's the right person that deserves to have one. You should not have a Siberian Husky and live in an apartment. Or in Florida. Yeah. So, I mean, they're cold weather. They, they, they prefer to have cold weather. Nothing against people who have that particular breed in Florida. I'm just saying they're cold weather breed. Yeah. You have to take certain precautions. Just yeah. like, I mean, we have a puppy home that's in Florida. Yeah. But we were very upfront with them saying, hey, this is a cold weather breed. You cannot leave them outside very long. Yeah. They will overheat. If you do, give them a pool. What'd they do? They got them a pool. They gave them a pool. Yeah, good for them. So, after Siberian Huskies, the next one, and it's still kind of around there too. It's still around. It's still very popular. Pembroke Welsh Corgis. So... Yes, they're cute. Yes, they have little legs. Yes, they have a really cute butt. However, <laughs> they are a herding breed. 
Oh, lovely. They'll try to hurt everybody in the living room. They'll try and hurt everyone in the living room. Also, if you think about what the breed is bred to do and why they're little, is why you shouldn't have them around children. Mm. Both Cardigan and Pembroke Walsh Corgis are bred to nip at the heels of cattle and drive cattle to market. They are bred that low, that way they can tuck their legs under them after they've bit a cow, and the cow kick will just sail over their head, and they won't get kicked. So. You're saying that a dog's going to nip at a child's heel. They're going to nip at a child's heel. They're going to nip at everybody's heels. They're going to nip at anything. They're a very mouthy breed. And they can also be very loud. Mm. Because they're so little, they're bred to drive cattle. So they have to act bigger than they are. You know, I can't help but make a correlation to someone that you and I both know. Very mouthy, very noisy, very pushy. Um, considers other people to be the nickel holding him the dollar up. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it sounds very similar. You must admit this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the right person for a Pembroke Welsh Corgi mm-hmm. is someone who does not mind that. Who can work with them. Who mm-hmm. is active. Mm-hmm. Who understands the breed history. There's a reason why the Queen of England has Pembroke Welsh Corgis. Mm-hmm. She's had them most of her life. Mm-hmm. And she knows and understands and appreciates the history of the breed. That is the kind of person. Not someone who just wants to take cute photos of the dog's butt. Now that I, you've mentioned that, I actually want to throw somebody under the bus. I won't actually name names, but they... Um, when did you get... Your new uh, braces. It was in September, I think? It was mm-hmm. in October. September. Okay. Around that time, I get a Facebook message from a former co-worker asking me to help her find a dog. Mm-hmm. She said it was for, I think, one of her child's birthdays. birthdays. And I mean, Ashley Fields questions like this all the all time. All the time. I, yeah, I get breed recommendations from family, friends, and I love it. Even you know, at work, I yeah. sometimes get asked questions oh, about a I specific dog breed. I mean, you, I, you know, yeah. I expect that, you know, because we're dog people. Yeah, we're dog people. So Finger I, quotes in the air there. I, I get it, and I understand it, and I appreciate it mainly because it means that they are going to a trusted source mm-hmm. instead of... Just Joe Schmo off the street. But still, I still said that I can point her in the direction of a reputable breeder. I can do this to help you. But, I mean, honestly, I don't do it. As Ashley said at the top of the episode, don't do this for Christmas. Don't do this for the birthday because it's not fair. This isn't James Bond in a movie where he just has one particular individual for the length of the film and then they're gone until the next yeah. film. This is a commitment it's a commitment. This is a long-term relationship. Right. And you have to be able to take care of the dog and all of its needs. And, I mean, so with Welsh Corgis, because they're so long and low, they have the same issues that dachshunds can have. So mm-hmm. they can have back issues. So you can't have them be overweight. You can't do that to them because then you're looking at hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars in vet bills mm-hmm. and possibly surgery and even to the point of par- dog being paralyzed. Right. And yes, you may see dogs in a little wheelchair scooter and think they're cute. It's, it is cute and it is inspiring. However, 
you have to understand that a dog is in there for a reason. Right. And in many cases, it's due to paralysis. And if a dog can't move its legs, there's a damn good shot that they have no control over their bladder and their bowels either. So referring to DDME, Dog Durable Medical Equipment. <laughs> yeah. But it also means that since they have no control over their bladder... Yeah, that means they're going to pee all over the house. They're going to pee all over the place, or you have to manually massage their ureter for them to excrete urine. That's where you have. That's where you have children. It's like, all right, take the dog out and let it pee. Aww. So that that's another thing you have to think about. And with Pembroke Welsh corgis, there have been. Grooming trends that are not appropriate, like purposefully grooming the dog so that it has a heart shape on its butthole. Um, I, oh, God. Yeah. I, sorry, I pictured it. And or out, out, so that out, it has out, a out. rounded butt so that it has a more rounded shape of its butt. I actually knew a family. This is a bit of a sidebar, and I do apologize, but I knew... Of a family, um, non-speaking in terms of the present moment, you probably understand why. They had a golden retriever. Mm-hmm. And during the summer months, it would just get so hot because we're in Virginia. Nearly shaved bald during the summer months. Which makes it worse. I mean, had, don't get me wrong. The dog had a thin coat. Mm-hmm. Right? You could still see that the hair was there, but there was like a little bit of fluff here around the neck. And then just the rest of it was thin. And it had the most unimaginative name, too, for uh, a golden. Oh? Yeah. Scout. God. Yep. And and that's another thing is, so you see in Siberian Huskies, there's been a trend of shaving these dogs down to the point where all it looks like is a Siberian Husky head and weird skinny dog body. Dog is from Russia. It needs to have fur. Well, and also, Pembroke Welsh Corgis are the same way. Is mm. People are trimming and shaving and all that stuff. If a dog has a double coat, do not shave it. Yeah, no. That coat actually acts as air conditioning. Right. So if you shave it down, that means you're exposing that dog to getting skin cancer mm. from sunburns. They're actually getting hotter mm-hmm. because the sun's rays can actually hit the skin. Mm-hmm. You're doing more harm than good. So don't do it. Too much vitamin D, guys. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> yes, it's cute, but in the long run, it's not that good. And plus, it's cute at first, but you're gonna pay for it. Yeah, you're gonna pay for it later, and also, it's like some people with <laughs> with plastic surgery or Botox. Yeah, you look cute, but yeah, you're gonna pay for it later, one way or another. Yeah, like collagen implants. Those mm-hmm. implants shift and move as you age, guys. Talk about talking out of your ass. <laughs> yeah. um, but when you shave a dog's coat, it doesn't come back as it originally was. Yeah. You're altering that coat, and you're doing more harm than good. Again, do your homework. Yeah, do your research. Because, I mean, it's been my experience, and this may not be for all breeds, so go ahead and correct me if I'm wrong. They actually blow coat during the seasons, depending on what the season it is. And depending on the breed. Right. Mm-hmm. So you may be actually affecting mm-hmm. their coat. So 
as Ashley said, do your homework, do your research. The internet is there for a reason, not just porn. <laughs> research the dog breed, damn it. Um, so Pembroke Horse Corgis are one of those that's still kind of popular, internetish, all of that jazz. Are you intending to go over every single one of these popular breeds? Mm-hmm. Okay, I just wanted I'm to saving, get... I'm saving a couple toward the end. Because, yeah, I don't... I mean, broad tidbits are usually supposed to be shorter, and we're, we're kind of going over on this, aren't we? Well, we also spent 15 minutes explaining where the hell we were at the very beginning. Oh, so. Okay, all right. Fine. So, the next one is... Yeah. The notion of miniature Australian Shepherd. Oh, we're doing Aussies now, eh? Australian Shepherds are not Australian. Oh, shit. They're American. Oh, that makes sense. So. You've told me this before. This sounds familiar. Yeah. Most of our friends have Aussies. Most of our dog friends have Aussies. Okay, thanks for throwing me under the bus. I thought I heard a greyhound go by just now. Appreciate that, mate. Thanks a lot. So. Miniature Australian Shepherds are not a breed. They're just not. Mm. There is a breed that comes from Australian Shepherds that is smaller. And the appropriate name for them is Miniature American Shepherd. Okay. When you put them next to an Australian Shepherd, they literally look like somebody put them in a photocopier and put it to 60%. (laughs) That's what they look like. So... But they also have the same issues and the same needs that Australian Shepherds have. Highly intelligent. Very much so. Very, 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 very smart. Mm -hmm. Need to have their brain engaged all the time. Yeah. Most of the time, an Australian Shepherd is going to want to do things and they are busybodies. They want to have their brain engaged. Right. So, imagine that on a smaller body, mm-hmm. and that's what you have with Miniature American Shepherds. Now, very specific thing that's going on with the Miniature Australian Shepherd craze. For the those who are not actually able to see what Ashley is doing, she was using air quotes Air just quotes now. around Miniature, miniature Australian, Australian Shepherd. Shepherd. Air quotes. Or every mini Aussie. Again, no, air quotes. Air quotes. There is a popular thing on the internet of what people want out of this dog. And they want them to be blue merle and have at least one eye that's blue. That is all well and good. It is very striking for a dog. But blue merle is a color combination. It is a color pattern that has genetic risks. Mm. You cannot breed two blue merles together or two merles together. So you cannot breed a blue merle to a red merle together because a homozygous merle. So merle coloration is a heterozygous. The way that it looks is heterozygous. Um, You may have to describe heterozygous to those of us that don't know what you're talking about. Most dogs that are not Merle yeah. have the gene lowercase m, lowercase m. Okay. Meaning they don't have Merle. Right. A Merle dog has 
capital M, right. lowercase m. So that merle is dominant over the regular coat pattern, okay. meaning it modifies the coat color to have that dilution, that slate gray, or that rosy, almost velvety, and like purple-violet color background with regular colored spots coming through. If you were to breed a merle Mm -hmm. to a merle, Mm -hmm. you have a 25% chance of getting a puppy that is capital M, capital M. That has genetic risks where the puppy can have issues where it can be born completely deaf, it can be born completely blind, it can have a lot of white, it can be born in some cases that I've heard of and seen where they don't even have an eye. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the other 75%, correct? No, this is the 25%. This is, we're still in the 25%? This is the 25%. Okay, if you breed Merle to Merle. Yeah, and it's capital M, capital M. Right. They can have this problem. So, you have to be very careful if you want to get a Merle dog that you are going to a breeder that does not do Merle to Merle breeding. Right. So, if you have a dog that is considered to be double Merle, mm-hmm. it can have splotches of that Merle color, but it can also be predisposed to having vision issues deafness it can have skin cancer risk because it's more white than it is that the regular merle color right and most of the time they will have if they have eyes to begin with they will have blue eyes now australian shepherds can have blue eyes and just be regular old normal merle right but the demand for the color for that blue merle blue eye has some irresponsible breeders trying to breed just that color Mm. and it can cause problems and it can be problematic and it also is an issue with that People are just trying to sell puppies as fast as they can. Turning them out and just to profit. Right. And not making sure that the people that own them are going to train them. Mm-hmm. Because a bored Australian Shepherd is a dangerous Australian Shepherd. It's a recipe for disaster, honestly. Yeah. And even the miniature... Air or quotes the, again. Yeah. Or the miniature American Shepherd can have the same issues. Mm-hmm. And some people are also breeding toy Australian Shepherds. Air air quotes again around toy. And they are registering them with the American Kennel Club as miniature American Shepherd. But they are toy, meaning they are not purebred. There have been other breeds introduced in, and in many cases they kind of look like an Australian Shepherd and a Pomeranian cross. They have a really snippy face. They don't really look like they came from and size bred down from Australian Shepherds. That also has inherent issues where you are crossing various different breeds and there's risks of introducing more health problems in 
and Australian Shepherds, as a breed, mm-hmm. they are supposed to be workers, and they can be aloof to yeah. strangers. Right. And if you're breeding the miniature American Shepherd, which should have a very similar temperament, and you're breeding a lot of them, that aloofness can go to the extreme of fear biting. Hmm. And if you're not socializing the dogs properly, that just opens it up even more. They're more susceptible to bite out of fear, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's what and, fear biting is. Yeah, and, and even a herding breed in general, they're bred to herd. Mm-hmm. So their prey drive is a little bit higher because what herding is is a form of hunting to hunting with a purpose to bring the flock to the shepherd mm-hmm. and not actually kill. Yeah. Just grouping so, them together to the shepherd. Right. So, that's that breed. Oh, what's with that look on your face? Yeah. So, we're getting to the big the biggies right now. The big ones I'm not even going to cover Labrador Labradoodles because they're a mixed breed. Were what the hell did he have? It wasn't a puggle. Oh God! It was something else. I used to work with a manager. He had a. Actually, I think he did have a labradoodle. Now I think about it. And and that's another big craze that's going on is the. He had two of them, I think. Crossing two purebreds together, make a funny name, sell for a profit. Mm. Puggles are one of them. Labradoodles, Golden Doodles. Um, I even think they're breeding Aussie Doodles now. Australian Shepherds and Poodles together. If you want a hypoallergenic dog, which doesn't fully exist. Yeah, technically that doesn't exist, guys. If you want a low allergenic dog, which is the correct term, get a freaking Poodle. Yeah. All the things that you want that you think you're going to get from a Labradoodle or a Golden Doodle or whatever Oodle Doodle, you can get from a friggin' Poodle. Oodle Doodle. It's true. (laughs) And I've even seen people breeding Bernie's Mountain Dogs to Poodles. Yeah, let's breed cancer to skin issues and cancer to hip issues. It's it's not a good idea. Hmm. It's, It's just bad. Really, really, really bad. Sounds like someone needs to just leave it to the professionals. Well, don't cross... Don't mess with a good thing. If it ain't broke, don't Don't fix fix it. it. And so that's my only spiel on the doodles and The doodle craze. The doodles on the floor. The two big breeds that I'm going to cover, and I'm going to cover them together, is the rise of popularity in... The American Bully and the French Bulldog. American Bully comes from specific lines of the American Pitbull Terrier slash American Staffordshire Terrier. If you guys are pissed that I said that they're the same breed, come at me, please. Oh. Please. Would Jackie be unhappy with that? No, Jackie's all for that. Okay. So they come That's from certain lines and... They are bred to look a certain way. Now, some of these dogs 
especially the ones that are called exotic bullies. Sorry. They look like they they just look unhealthy. You look mm. at them and you're like, "Oh my god, how does that exist?" Yeah. It's bizarre. They're selling for tens of thousands of dollars. Sounds like a racket. It kind of is, and most of these dogs, they don't live past five or six years old. Because of the health issues? Because of the health issues, because of what is inherently behind them. Um, In many cases, there's a suspicion that um, bulldogs and French bulldogs were were bred in to have a certain head shape, to have a certain wide body shape. Most of them are conceived via artificial insemination Mm. and are born... By cesarean because the width of the front there's no way that a female would be able to pass them naturally yikes and um basically if you want an american bully great they're a fun breed i know of quite a few of them and they're supposed to be a companion dog yeah. in the UKC. Mm-hmm. They, which is United Kennel Club, right? They are in the companion group mm-hmm. because they are supposed to be a companion dog bred from the American Pitbull Terrier, mm-hmm. i.e., the UKC standard, right? Bred from that with a lot of the working instance instincts and working ability taken out. They mm-hmm. still should look like. They should be able to work. So they're well-muscled. They look powerful. But they're supposed to be cuddly teddy bears. Mm. But a lot of people are getting them for looks alone. Yeah. And it's not the best. It's Mm. not for the betterment of any breed. Oh, yeah. It is purely to line someone's pocket. That's all I'm going to say about American Bullies. If you're doing it right, bravo, you're in the minority. Hmm. Kudos to you. Yeah, kudos to you. If you're doing it wrong, shame on you. Mic drop, walk off stage. The last one is French Bulldogs. French Bulldogs are now the it breed as of right now. How did that come about? What, French Bulldogs? Yeah. I I have no idea. French Bulldogs in general are... A fun breed. They're lively. They have a great time. They they have this zest for life that a lot of people find endearing. Um, Let's get zesty. Yeah. <laughs> the another thing that a lot of people like about them is French bulldogs look like they're smiling. Mm. If they're really happy, they have this big old grin on their face. Yeah. People find it endearing. I get it. I understand. The problem comes with. People who are breeding these dogs and breeding them for exotic colors and selling them for a huge profit, Mm. meaning dilution colors that are disqualifications from the breed standard, from the breed standard and cannot be shown. Um, So blues, Mm. tricolors of any sort, Mm. Um, blue tricolors. Uh, lilac, which is a dilution of brown and also chocolate, should never be in the breed. Which, by the way, just a refresher, if the judge in the dog show ring um, has read the standard, um, a disqualification basically means 
please step out of my ring. And in many cases, there's some paperwork involved, and you will not be able to show your dog again. Mm. So, uh, people are also bringing Merle into French Bulldogs, which has never existed in the breed. Yet someone decided it should exist in the breed. Right, and that also comes into play the same genetic issues that we talked about with Australian Shepherds. Right. And the whole... Miniature American Shepherd thing. Yeah. The issue there is people are breeding these dogs and they see dollar signs. Well, I mean, some people just do that with dogs in general. No, I agree with you. And it's disheartening. It's sad. It's how I got Kemper. Yeah. (laughs) Well, but I mean... Hey. I didn't just. I'm faultless in regards to the research. I mean, to be honest with you, she said she wanted a dog. I was like, okay, I'll, I'm being supportive of you. She did all the research. She did all the homework. She handled that. I ended up with a dog. Yeah, but with French bulldogs, they have a lot of issues with their face because they are a brachycephalic breed. They have difficulty breathing because brachycephalic is smush face. Oh, okay, okay. Those are the ones with the faces look like they yep. have that someone just, you know, took like a Looney Tunes mallet and smacked them in the face, and they get stuck that way. Yeah, or they ran headfirst into a wall really hard. What? Yeah. So like that's three, a Tom and Jerry type thing yep. right there. So, um, bulldogs, French bulldogs, um, pugs, Brussels Griffon. Japanese chin. Hi. Uh, some boxers are. Uh, I know I'm missing a lot. So, but those are the ones that. Those are examples, examples of them. There you go. Um, but nice they have. Idea. They can have soft palate issues. They can have issues with anesthesia. Mm. They can have heart issues. They can have issues with breathing in general. Um, but French Bulldogs, they can also have... Same with Bulldogs. The French Bulldogs have this little fold and wrinkle on their face. Yeah, she's pointing from the nose down to nose around down, her cheek. Basically from the eye down through the muzzle. Yeah. And that can collect mold and mildew and can get really smelly and can cause really bad skin infections. Yeah. Um, French Bulldogs can also have anal gland issues because they really don't have much of a tail. Mm. Um, they can have just a lot of health issues. A laundry list of health issues. Yep. And then, if you're breeding coat colors that are not known to be genetically inherent in the breed, meaning for hundreds of years, as long as the breed has been in existence... Certain colors have never been there. So they had to have been introduced from another breed. Right. Like the dilution gene. Mm -hmm. The blue gene. Mm -hmm. um, Like um, the chocolate gene. Well, chocolate could actually technically happen, but it's rare. Mm. But the just that whole dilution gene, the Merle gene, those two genes have never been in the French Bulldog, and now they're being brought in. And the problem with that is... The Merle health issues Mm -hmm. and the dilution gene. Certain breeds can have what's known as 
blue dilution alopecia, meaning it's tied to that blue gene, that mm-hmm. dilution gene. Yeah. But it's alopecia, meaning the hair falls out. Yeah. And they can have skin issues. So let's just take a breed that has a lot of health issues, mm-hmm. breed it for a color that it's not used to having, that has health issues. Wash, rinse, repeat. Yep. And you're asking for a lot of issues to happen. And apparently a lot of health issues. Yes. Because they so, already had health issues before they were crossed together. Yep. So now, and people are selling puppies, like, I heard once that a lilac tricolor French bulldog is about ten to $15,000 per puppy. Just so you know, I'm doing a face palm right now. That should never happen. I mean, again, it speaks to the moral fiber of certain individuals who are not actually caring about the animal they're bringing into the world, but the profit it can bring. Oh, yeah. And and that's not appropriate. It should never happen. No. And... Because these aren't a commodity. These are a commitment. Right. And so... Just... Big time do your homework and... Do your research. The French Bulldog thing, there have been jokes from, like, show people and responsible breeders saying, if we didn't have morals, we would breed French Bulldogs. Because the... I'm not sure I should laugh at that. I know. And the reason is, is because the profit margins are through the roof. Hmm. And you're looking at dogs that you're producing... And you can't stand behind them and say that they're healthy. Right. That's, you should not do that. Mm-hmm. And yes, French Bulldogs are cute as hell as puppies. Yeah. But do you honestly want to have, if you produce a French Bulldog puppy that has a disqualifying color and all of that stuff, do you want to get that phone call from somebody who has, who bought one of your puppies and is in tears because their hair is falling out and they have skin cancer? No. They'll essentially say, not my circus, not my monkeys. Click, hang the phone up. Yeah. And they'll also say, dog was healthy when, I, when, you, when yeah, you bought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's a dismissive cop-out right there, but it's one they yeah. can use. Instead of, instead of the realization that there are research behind it saying, no, you guys messed up. You're the ones that did it. You produce this. Mm-hmm. And... Well, like it was with Kemper, there was actually, to the best of my knowledge, no contract. Right. There was just cash on the barrel head, take the dog, goodbye. Yeah. And that is a huge red flag. Well, yeah, and that can cause a problem if that's how the transaction went down, because there's no actual written agreement. There's right. just a verbal and, and, cash exchange that took place, and that's nothing more. You can't yeah, hold this individual cases, accountable. There's no bill of sale. There's right. nothing. No receipt. And that's a problem. But that also is fueled by people seeing other Instagram, big one, Instagram influencers getting French Bulldogs, creating their own accounts for said French Bulldog, and then making buku money in that Instagram account for the friggin' dog. You know Kemper had a MySpace page. Alice has a Facebook page. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. 
I don't really use it that much, but she had one. Yeah, I don't know if Kemper's MySpace page still exists. But, I mean, there's a difference there in that people aren't getting paid mm-hmm. and having sponsorships and shit for MySpace. And in many cases, not even Facebook. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, for videos you can. Right. And, I mean, hell, we're huge fans of Tucker, the Golden Retriever, and Jade, Jade and yeah. Jasper, the yeah. German Shepherd. But they're they are responsible owners. Yes, they are. Feeding their dogs responsibly. Yes. Treating them responsibly and doing the right things. They are not using their dogs as little models. No. And that's If what... anything, they're more or less the stars of the show. Mm-hmm. And they're showing people how to have these dogs appropriately mm-hmm. based on their breed. So in in many cases this whole episode should be just do your homework and don't go off of fads and trends. Do what suits your needs. Well, do the research to find out um if the dog will actually fit with your particular mm-hmm. home, your lifestyle, mm-hmm. everything like that. Because that's one of the things that we do at Meet the Breeds, is we indicate what our breed would be best suited for and why, yes or no, they would be suitable for that particular home, be it an apartment living, living in a home, you know, actual home setting with a fenced in backyard and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, when Ashley was saying do your research and everything like that, she had hands on her temples mm-hmm. and and just narrowing her face with her hands, just you know, just rubbing the temples out of exasperation would be the best way I would describe it. Yeah, and yes, a lot of these dogs that have their own Instagram pages are cute. They're more, fun. More power to them if they are the stars of the show. Yeah, and if they are being treated responsibly are owned by people who know what they're doing and got the breed for the right reasons like um zach from the try guys yes he has he calls it a miniature australian shepherd which is you know fingernails on a chalkboard but (laughs) he is doing right by that dog he's exercising he's training he's taking the dog with him to his work right so he's good for him He's doing all the right things right. to make sure that the dog is happy and fulfilled and living a great life. Mm-hmm. But he's also wanting, you know, the downside is more people want to have a dog like him. Right. And not realizing what all Zach is doing to make sure that this dog is happy and fulfilled. Again, this all boils down to. No specific breed that you see may not fit your particular lifestyle. You have to actually do the work, mm-hmm. do the research, look into this, speak to breeders, responsible Possible. breeders mm-hmm. in regards to what particular type of breed you want. Don't do like she did with Kemper in regards to a backyard breeder. No, I got lucky in that regard. I guess you can call it lucky. But the point is, do your homework, do your research. That will definitely profit you more on the back end in regards to a particular breed that would suit your needs. Because you need to actually determine, like the end of every single episode we've had thus far, would you own this dog? Mm -hmm. Would you own this breed? That is the question at the end of the day you have to ask yourselves. And would you own them not for a month, not for a day. Not for birthday or Christmas. For their entire life. Everything that goes with them. And it's not... 
just a pretty picture. Mm -mm. This is for their life. That's what these dogs are for. They are for making your life whole. And enhancing your lifestyle. Because trust me, before we had Rolo, it was just like three dogs and a couple cats. And now that we have all these dogs, my life has been transformed. And I can't imagine Mm -hmm. what it was like before they came into our lives. Right. And it's those moments that you have with these dogs are only 10 to 15 years of your life. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's all they have. It's their entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that what you're doing is for the best thing for them. Mm-hmm. And supporting those people that want what's best for each individual dog. Every single dog they produce, every single dog that they rescue, or that they adopt out. Everything. So... With that, I don't have my cheat sheet. I can do it. It's fine. Are you sure? Yeah. Cause... So, one big thing as we're wrapping up, we want you to rate, rate review, review, subscribe. subscribe. We have a Patreon. Yeah, we have. I'm a not Patreon. sure if anybody <laughs> made aware of it based on that many people, but we have a Patreon. Your Patreon will go to help support the podcast so that mm-hmm. we can make new episodes. Hint, yep. hint, 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 hint. Um, and that is About a Dog. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook. Yes. About a Dog Pod. You can email us at aboutadogpod at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Yeah. We're on Instagram at About a Dog Pod. Uh, Twitter is About a Dog One. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty much everywhere. Um, we're on YouTube, but what we're doing on YouTube is a little bit different. Yeah, we tend to try to record, like, us recording an episode. No, that's not what we're doing. We tried that once. Yeah, I thought that was what we were doing. But because of the length and all of the time constraints, and it's very difficult to get everything all set up and all that. Yeah. What we're doing with our YouTube page, which is about a dog pod, what you can do is see how we live our lives with our dogs in Mm -hmm. competitions and going out and doing things like most of it right now is Celine doing dock diving, but it's that's what she's good at. Yeah, but it's that sort of thing. Is you can see what we do in our downtime. Right. So with that, go hug your dog. Go hug your dog. They love. I, they love you. I almost say that. Go hug your dog. Go hug your dog. Go they hug your dog. You.